Hi, this is Paul Jenkins, and you are listening to Superior Spider Talk. Welcome to the Superior Spider Talk. My name is Dan Kavazdin, and I'm the editor of GrindMyReels.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio, the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks again for joining us for the 17th episode of Superior Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Episode 17 should be a special one, Dan, because I have just returned from four days at New York Comic Con, the biggest comic event on the East Coast. Woo woo. Uh, And in this uh, podcast, we're going to be commenting on the 2013 uh, Superior Spider-Man and Friends panel at New York Comic Con. We'll then move into some listener feedback from you, our amazing listeners, and conclude the special announcement about Dan Slott's new book, The Rad Book. If you want to skip to a specific section, just use the chapter selection arrows on your player. And if you hear this lovely sound, please check your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. And boy, there are going to be a bunch of them for this one. This is the image motherload. Well, it should also be, also be the guest audio motherload, right? Possibly. So, uh, Mark, why don't you tell us about... Uh, your time at the New York Comic Con. Yes, New York Comic Con. Four days of lines, cosplaying, some sweatiness. <laughs> there was actually an article in the New York Post urging uh, 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 con goers to shower. Uh, this is what happens in New York, I guess. Yeah, I'll put that uh, link right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a special time had by all. This was actually um, people who listened to our, our recap from the Connecticut Comic Con that Dan and I both attended in August. I would mentioned, oh, that was my first con. Um, so this was clearly my first major con. I guess it was like I would equate it to going from driving a car to flying an airplane, Dan. Uh, <laughs> uh, just just a crazy experience. Um, I had a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time in Artist Alley, which is where a lot of the creators uh, were set up. So because I wanted to get a lot of interviews that will hopefully be releasing as additional podcasts after this. The, the, the list of guests is just so long and prolific. I mean, you know, I, I kind of want to save a couple of surprises uh, for our, our listeners about what's coming next. But um, I will recap one quick story was um, one of the people that I met with was he's, he's a, a Greek artist, Michael Thialinas, who uh, is actually doing the uh, pencils on the upcoming uh, Superior Spider-Man special one-shot that's part of that Arms of the Octopus arc. It's the third part. And um, we had been talking by email leading up to the event because he wanted, you know, I was asking him about coming on the show and we just kind of decided it'd be best just to do it at the con. And when I met him on Thursday, he said, I had a surprise for you. And he pulls out a copy of the adjectiveless Spider-Man number one, uh, the, a.k.a. the McFarlane Spider-Man that was all in Greek. Um, which might be the coolest gift I ever got. Yeah, that's really cool. Actually, uh, Mark, I don't think I've ever told you this, but um, I collect Spider-Man comics from around the world as part of my collection. And uh, every country that I go to, I 
I pick up a Spider-Man comic from that country, and I, I don't have a Greek one. So you're beating me there, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> well, maybe we could trade uh, my Greek copy for one of your annuals that I'm missing. Or <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and for those who do ask, and you know, I think I'll eventually put a post up on Chasing. Uh, I, I, did, I did do a little bit of shopping at New York Comic Con. Um, and I, I actually bought a couple of annuals, but I, I won't reveal which one specifically. I'll save that, save that for chasing amazing. Um, but again, the, the, the guest list was prodigious. I mean, we got to talk to creators currently on, on the book, uh, those who wrote the book from the past, some of my favorite, I did get to meet Alex, uh, Saviak, who, uh, we, I think we might've mentioned in a previous podcast. He illustrated the very first issue of amazing Spider-Man I ever read as a kid, 296, so that was a lot of fun, and Alex was a, was a really great interview. I was really happy to have sat down with him. Um, another another interview we got uh, was Peter David, who's definitely one of my favorite writers, not just a Spider-Man, but in general. I mean, he's such a fantastic writer. He even makes me like the Hulk, which I don't generally like in comic book form. Um, so um, just, just a, a really great time on that end. Um, I did try and take in a bunch of panels uh, when I wasn't doing interviews and wasn't shopping. Uh, one of the panels was a writer's workshop hosted by J. Michael Straczynski. And that was an interesting experience, Dan. <laughs> tell, tell us why it was so interesting. Well, you know, JMS, you know, I guess he kind of lives up to the reputation that precedes him in terms of um, his how he sees himself in the world of writing and comic books. And, uh, you know, this workshop was basically, I mean, it was an hour session where he kind of gave some like, token advice to, you know, oh, you know, make sure you write every day and, you know, write about what you know. I mean, I mean, you know, stuff that you can basically get in any kind of high school English class. And then he took questions from um, the audience and, you know, he said a couple of things that that kind of made me raise my eyebrows just knowing specifically about his history on Spider-Man, including one somebody asked him about um, what do you do if you're working on a project and you have a supervisor or an editor um, that wants to um, dramatically change what you're working on. And he basically said, he, he, he got asked the question two ways and he answered it two ways. And the first time he basically said that, you know, your principles are your most important thing and you can't sacrifice your principles for anything. And then the second thing he said was, well, maybe your editor is right to, to want to change it. Huh, now, completely two opposite opinions. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Which, you know, I mean, kind of to me summarizes... The, the JMS era on Amazing Spider-Man, where we had some stories that were some of the best things I've ever read, and then some really controversial or horrendous ones where it sounds like after the fact he, you know, things got changed that he didn't agree with, or, you know, he agreed with it, but not the execution. And, you know, you, you all can use your, your imagination about what some of the storylines we're talking about. So that that was interesting. And then I even, I asked him a question. I, I asked him about the the whole world of blogging and, and and kind of this idea now there you know you kind of have to you don't get as bloggers we generally don't get paid right dan no not at all yeah and we're and actually it, like spending money doing this yeah well exactly and you know the same could be said for our podcast and you know but the thing is we part of the reason why we do it for free at least initially is we try and gain exposure and you know like i guess the goal is always you know maybe you become the next big 
blogger who gets picked up by some major thing, or, or maybe you keep doing it for yourself, but maybe you might be able to sustain yourself on it. I don't know. But I asked him about that. I said, you know, and, and he kind of like twisted it into this thing. Well, you know, you never should give anything away for free. And it's the people who give things away for free that ruin it for the rest of us. And I'm just like, all right, this, this guy is just clearly, you know, we, we're, we the, the problem is we're not all J. Michael Straczynski who can demand being paid for every word that he writes. You know, it's just, it's just, just not how the reality of the world works, you know, <laughs> like it's just, but whatever. I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about JMS. Yeah, um, about the uh, environment uh, at the con, like, did you, did you enjoy, uh, you know, being there? What was the show floors like? Uh, what were some of the costumes you saw? Uh, Dan, you know, it was so crowded <laughs> that it was kind of hard to get what the environment was beyond, there are people everywhere, <laughs> like like nose to nose people. I mean, I I would every time I went out on the floor, you know, there was there must have been like twenty five rows of vendors, and I think I got about halfway through before I gave up. I uh, swung by the Marvel booth at one point just to see it, and there was a line just to see the booth. Oh my god! Yeah. And, you know, there was a couple of people that I wanted to try and see on the floor just to say hi. Like our, our, our friend of the podcast, Jim Salakrup, uh, was apparently there for Paper Cuts, the, 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 you know, the, the publisher that he works for. Couldn't find his booth and never got to see him, which was a little disappointing for me because I would have liked to say hi to Jim again. Uh, so, Jim, if you're listening, I apologize for that. Uh, we did, I did see in Artist Alley our friend of the podcast, Danny Figueroth, which was great. That's good. Um, you know, always good to see him again. I think he was really him and Jim were the only two uh, people that we've had on that um, that were at this po- that um, were at Comic Con this weekend. But other than that, I mean, like it, it's there were some great costumes. I'm trying to think what was a standout for me. I didn't snap many photos because again, you were elbow to elbow with people, so it was hard to snap photos. I did kind of on Twitter on one point make fun of the fact that on Thursday night I saw a very sad-looking Superman like just in the corner on the floor eating a pretzel from the Javits Center, and I joked <laughs> if this, I joked if he was reliving the death of Superman. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, I mean, it was it was fun, but but I, I I mean on a very personal note, I am just not good with with insanely large crowds and 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 i think there was one point i think it was either friday or saturday kind of like it reminded me of there was one time i was trying to meet a friend uh for dinner in Times square which you might imagine would be crazy yeah um and i was standing on the corner of like 43rd and broadway in front of the restaurant uh it was like eight o'clock on a friday night or earlier than that like seven o'clock so right before everyone's going into the theater and I, as the waves of people kept walking by me, I actually started to feel nauseous from all the people. Just, just the the motion of all the people constantly walking and stopping and walking and stopping. So this is I, like that, except with body odor. Yeah, and 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 in, in costume, yes. And <laughs> with, where where you're ducking a lightsaber or somebody's like, um, you know, archangel or archangel wings or. Uh, <laughs> You know, or or whatever. Uh, it's 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 something else, but it's definitely an experience that I think if you're near one of the you know near New York, or I'm assuming it's probably the same way in San Diego, near one of the major major cons, you should probably do it at least once in your life if you're a fan of this medium. Um, but man, 
Like it, it, it can get to you after a while, Dan. I don't know how else to put it. I hope I'm not coming across like too much of a downer here. Uh, uh, but, I'm excited to go when, the next the next time it's available. Yeah, I mean, Dan, I could have totally used you though this weekend. I mean, besides the fact that it would have been nice to have you there as a shoulder to cry on during all this, I mean. You know, I'm conducting some of these interviews, and God willing, they came out okay. But you know, that's where you're going to work your editing magic. But man, I, I would, I would have, I would have loved to have have you know, no, you know, one A and one B with me. You know, and you can decide who's A and who's B. It's up to you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, uh, why don't you tell us about uh, the big get that you got uh, just earlier today? Oh, sure. Well, um, you know, there. In addition to some of these smaller panels that I sat in on. They're the big Marvel announcement panels, and um, actually, you know, the first major one I went to was on Saturday. I went to the all-new Marvel Now in Humanity panel, which was basically kind of like the announcement of all their new non-Avengers, non-X-Men, non-Spider-Man series. So, you know, the miscellaneous group, and that's when we found out about Dan Slott's new title, which is Silver Surfer, which he's going to team up with with Mike Allred uh, from FF fame. Uh, and then today, on Sunday, um, I, I was a little concerned about what the line might be for the Superior Spider-Man and Friends panel, and I really wanted to get a good recording of this. Uh, so I went to the panel room uh, three and a half hours before it started, sat through three panels about TV uh, <laughs> to to get to the main event for me, which was the Superior Spider-Man and Friends panel, which had the real celebrities like – Dan Slott and Steven Wacker and Kelly Sue DeConnick and Tom Brennan and, and Umberto Ramos and all these great people uh, talking about the new titles, the end the friends in this point. It's basically all the Steven Wacker edited titles. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to talk about uh, in detail some of the announcements to come out of this panel, as well as give you some of the audio, because guess who made friends with the sound guy and got patched into the soundboard? Yeah, this guy. This guy, he's got two thumbs, and I just screwed that joke up. But you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so, so why don't why don't we get into the Spider-Man panel, Dan? All right, take it away, panel. We have any Humberto Ramos fans in here? Uh, he's taking his own sweet time walking down the aisle while you're all waiting. Let's go, Humberto. I don't know what that meant. Just speaking. <laughs> All right, we are going to get going here. Welcome, everyone, to the amazing Spider-Man and his friends panel. This has been a huge year for Spider-Man, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. We're going to talk about some other books, including one possibly written by a woman named Kelly Sumitonic. Cheer on freelancers for being late. That's a great idea. There she goes. Take your time, Kelly. Look at those boots. She's trying to fool you all. All right, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, Stephen Wacker. I am the senior editor of this pretty gang of graphic literature's greatest gringos and gringas. Uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff to uh, bring to you. Uh, let's introduce a few of the 
the uh, players here. Um, we don't have, uh, I kind of blew the panel out, so we don't have pictures of everybody. Um, but we do have a picture of this guy, Dan Slott. so much trouble, he has to wear that fake beard everywhere he goes. Uh, also today, we have Nick Spencer, writer of the little book, What's Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which has been a wonderful addition to the Spidey line of books. Um, also, we have, there she is. and some other book, but I can't uh, remember. I wonder why she's here, because we've announced that Captain Marvel's last issue is coming out, so I don't know why you're here. So you can all leave then. Alright? How's that? Uh, also we have uh, me. There's me. Don't applaud you, hate the kid. And uh, Ellie Pyle, assistant editor. But we also have with us Humberto Ramos, artist of Superior Spider-Man. Uh, editor Sana Amanath, uh, editor of Captain Marvel, of Venom, and uh, a few other things. Uh, uh, Tom Brennan, associate editor of uh, Spider-Man, and the editor of Superior Foes. And Jake Thomas, also an assistant editor in here with a big announcement later on in the panel. want to hear about? Oh, we do have a picture of Sana. Sorry. <laughs> that was taken. <laughs> That's an ego you don't want to feed. Believe me. Okay. Superior Spider-Man, 21 and 22. Coming up in uh, November of this year. Dan, you want to talk about 21 going into uh, the big uh, Venom story? Ooh, issues 20 and 21, the Black Cat in the Center issues, it's every, every four pages is just, you're going to be like, no! Um, if, if this is a book that, like, torments you and you love to hate, you will love to hate it even more. <laughs> um, one of the things that's going to happen, we have in uh, the Venom issues, you know, it's really sad there's no Venom book for Flash to go back to. Oh. Or the symbiote. So anything can happen to them! I have a trail of bodies behind me. Don't think I won't do it. <laughs> if you like Dr. Octopus inside Spider-Man, you'll love the wizard inside Venom. Yes. Um, one of the things that's going to happen... Oh, oh, go ahead. One of the things that's going to happen in the Venom arc, leading into something later, is there will be the birth of a new goblin. Yes. She's playable in the Marvel Lego game. Is that awesome? Her handbag does damage. It's also uh, coming up in November. We have the very first Superior Spider-Man annual by... Uh, Gorgeous art by Javier Rodriguez and a cover of you can see by J.G. Jones. Uh, Ellie and Dan, you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Well, speaking of Aunt May, um, we are going to get to see kind of, she's, she's going to get to see a little bit of the darker side of the Superior Spider-Man in, in this annual, so um, you're going to want to check it out. It's, it's, it's definitely going to continue the trend of Superior Spider-Man changing things in his world. Uh, Chris Cage is co-writing the Venom Darkest Hours arc with me, and Chris is the writer of this uh, annual, and we've been working together, so the things that happen in this annual count. Stuff is going to happen in this annual that will lead right into the next big Spider-Man thing you're going to want to read this week. And Javier Rodriguez's arc is gorgeous. Cool. All right, so, you know, we just heard about the solicits for Superior Spider-Man, which, I mean, we already had an idea that uh, coming up after this 2099 arc wraps, that we're going to have a Black Cat story and a Stunner story. What I found to be interesting in this is that um, Slot mentioned that these were going to be cringeworthy stories. Um, Dan, I mean, without having any other information, because quite frankly, they wouldn't provide it, cringeworthy. What jumps out to me is you got Black Cat, a former lover of Peter. You got Stunner, a former lover of Doc Ock. Are we going to have some uh, miscommunicado, Three's Company-style sexual hijinks going on in these stories? That's going to be cringeworthy? What do I you think? I certainly hope so. I, I Like, you know, some of the, like, like he's, he's on a date with them both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> They're at the Regal Beagle when Larry comes in. <laughs> okay, now. There's a guy, he's got like a headset in his ear and he's like, listen, somebody's giving him advice from the other room. <laughs> uh, you know, it would certainly be um, a new kind of uh, story. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe the living brain is really good on dates, so he's giving him tips. <laughs> the living brain just like feeds out advice like, like, like a fortune cookie or something. Like It's like the, it's like the love-o-matic in Moe's Bar in the Arrowsmith <laughs> episode. Um no, but I mean, these should be interesting stories just in general. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of down with both of these. Um, I don't even remember the last time Stunner was in a book. I mean, it had to be what, the 400s probably? Yeah, pro- probably, yeah. I, I'd love to see if they fight each other, like, oh, a cat fight, if you will. Ho, <laughs> ho. Um, and then, of course, the other thing that came out of those solicitations was this um, Venom arc coming up. And, you know, hearing Dan Slott talk about, you know, Flash doesn't have his own book to return to anymore with Venom's cancellation. So thus, anything goes. I mean, what are you thinking, Dan? I mean, we've we've already discussed this a little bit, the idea of the superior Venom um, coming out. But I, I think 100% Flash is losing the symbiote in this story. You think he'd kill Flash off? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I, I think the character is popular enough that, like, People wouldn't want to see him killed off. I don't know. It seems there's a lot of big announcements coming here. I think killing off a character like Flash, he already lost his legs. I think it's <laughs> enough to leave him be. You, you've killed his soul. What more can you kill? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we heard about some of the superior solicits. Why don't we hear about some, some solicits that involve our old friend Peter Parker? Next up, uh, we're celebrating uh, one year after the fall of Peter Parker. With uh, some point one issues, seven hundred point one point five, and Tom Brennan here pulled together some uh, pretty great teams to help us remember the original Peter Parker. Since we such a clamoring from all of you that you wanted to get one, two, three more stories with the classic Peter Parker. So Tom, let's tell us about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. First of all, it's great to be in New York Comic Con. The best four days of my year. Uh, 
Wouldn't you say that New York audiences are the best audiences? They're yeah. pretty great. Particularly on this year, whenever, I, whenever I'm talking to you, Spider fans, whether you love Superior or hate it, all I hear is, ah, oh, I miss Peter Parker. Well, now's the chance to put your money where your mouth is. These are five of the best Peter Parker stories you will ever read. 700.1 and .2, Dave Morrell, he's the novelist who created Rambo, teaming with Klaus Janssen, living legend, to give us a classic story. Spider-Man has to save Ame and New York from a blizzard. Uh, 700.2 and 700.3, Man of Actions, Joe Casey has come back to Marvel. Uh, he's teaming with Tim Green from Avengers. Yeah, it's up Joe Casey. Tim Green of Avengers Academy. Uh, and 700.5, uh, Brian Reed and Sean Chen will be back at Marvel as well with a great story where Spider-Man and the Human Torch have to save the entire universe in less than 20 pages. Um, and also back in the box, Jen Van Meter, who uh, Hopeless Savage has done a lot of great work for Marvel as well. Team with Emma Rios to do a great Black Cat story, uh, Black Cat Keeper. Uh, and then a writer named Clay Chapman, who did some all-ages stuff for us. He's also a terrific young adult novelist, wrote a great book uh, called The Tribe, Homeroom Headhunters. It's a kid's book about cannibals. Uh, and Javier Rodriguez, uh, the Superior Spider-Man annual, getting a little bit of a story. Uh, if, you, if you're a fan of the movie My Bodyguard, you're going to love this story. Um, it's out in December. These are some terrific books by some terrific creators. Uh, and of course, the last story we have, uh, Kevin Grievous, uh, who wrote a New Warriors book for us a few years ago, and uh, has created I, Frankenstein, and Underworld. It's teaming with Lee Weeks, just had a terrific run of Daredevil Dark Knights. Do a great story called What Would Spider-Man Do, where a young boy uh, saves Spider-Man's life. And it is uh, one of the most emotional stories you'll ever read. It's a great group of books to celebrate Peter Parker, who you all love, I know. Uh, pick it up in December. Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man Team-Up by Chris Yost and Marco Pichetto. Uh, Sana, you want to yeah. talk something about this? Sure. We're actually uh, currently on the Superior 6 uh, storyline, uh, which is Superior Spider-Man thinks that he is the greatest hero ever um, and thinks that he can actually reform his own vil uh, former Sinister Six villains um, into the Superior Six. Um, and this is what happens when Superior Spidey tries to have his own team and um, then end up facing off with the Masters of Evil. Uh, so it's a, it's a great ride. It's Marco Cicchetto, Chris Dios, of course, writing. Um, and we have some beautiful covers there by uh, Paolo Rivera and, um, is that Marco? Yeah, Marco Cicchetto's other cover. And Ellie can talk a little bit more about what's to come after that. Coming after that, um, Mar Marco Paquetto did a crossover for us a while back called Mega Effect, and we just loved him drawing Daredevil and Punisher with Spider-Man so much, we're going to do a little bit more of that in issue number nine, um, as you can see from that cover there, and that is going to... I'm going to speak very carefully Um And that is, is going to pick up with some of the, the seeds that Dan is planting. Yep. How's that? Is that okay? That was awesome. That was completely <laughs> unhelpful, Ellie. Thank you. <laughs> uh, a little secret behind the comics here. You'll notice we go uh, issue six, seven, and then to nine. Now, I'd love to tell you that's because the cover to number eight has such a huge spoiler on it, but really what happened is that our cover artist, Paula Rivera, decided to get married. <laughs> it didn't do the cover yet. 
not here. I don't know why you're applying. You can't care about it. Yeah, we will have a cover. That's a, that's a, one of the cornerstones of the Wagner office. Spoiler alert on that. Cover on the book. Uh, next up, uh, one of my favorite new books of the year, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. From the mind of Mr. Nick Spencer, he pitched me at a breakfast, and uh, six months later we had a comic book. Are uh, you going to talk about um, some of the great work you and Steve Lieber have been doing? Yeah, you do not think when you're pitching Marvel a book starring Boomerang that you are going to get a green light. Uh, yeah, no, no, you know, Steve Lee, we're doing fantastic work on the book. Uh, for everybody following it, the gang are after the head of Sylvia Silvermane, which is uh, locked away down in the bottom of the Owl's Lair. Boomerang is back in control of the Sinister Six uh, after uh, losing it for just a bit. Uh, coming up also, we're going to learn a lot more about uh, the new Beetle, about Janice. So she's got some pretty awesome secrets in her past that, that we're going to be uh, shining a light on. Cool. Uh, and if any of you, do we have any Hawkeye fans out there? If you're, if you're a fan of the Hawkeye book, even Daredevil, Superior Foes is a book you have to check out. It's got that same kind of vibe, sort of, that sort of off-day vibe. Um, so please check out Superior Foes. It's one of my favorite new books. So you just heard from Tom Brennan talking about those new point one issues, those five stories we've been talking about for a couple episodes now. But he said five of the best Peter Parker stories you'll ever read. Man, I, th that's a that's a pretty tall claim. Uh, can we hold him up to that? I, <laughs> it's going to rival if this be my destiny and uh, Spider-Man is back, right? I mean, I don't know. Was it, or and, and Death of Gene the Wolf, I think, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I bet they're going to put that quote on the jackets for the books, you know? <laughs> like, like the five best Peter Parker stories you'll ever read from the creator of these stories. <laughs> I mean, the other thing I thought was interesting, which I kind of thought was a shot at the uh, the the um, the cantankerous Spider-Man crowd was, you know, put your money where your mouth is with the, with you Peter Parker fans, which I mean, you know, obviously they want to sell the books no matter what, but, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, Dan, do you, do you foresee there being a situation where people drop the book after superior, but they're going to pick up these point ones? I, I mean, like to me, it, it seems like the anger would run a little deeper than that, that they wouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't know. These point ones to me seem like the kind of thing, like, I don't see any, like, casual Spider-Man readers picking them up. These are for, like, the hardcore guys like you and me who are, like, we'll buy everything Spider-Man related. I don't see an un average audience walking into the store and going, oh, 700.3. I'll check that out, you know? Right. I mean, maybe they'll buy it as a trade because I'm assuming they'll collect all five of them into some kind of trade at some point. Yeah, like miscellaneous stories of Spider-Man or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, I mean, we're the hardcore. So, I mean, we're, you know, they already got our money. They got our 15 bucks that month, which is going to be really hard. <laughs> Not 15 bucks, 20 bucks, because it's four bucks a pop, right? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's still 2004. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, so, but, but I mean, these solicitations were stuff that they already knew about, uh, that we already knew about, I should say. Um, so why don't we go back to the panel and hear uh, one of the first new details they revealed about stuff to come in the superior Spider-Man universe, including that cryptic The End teaser that they put out a few weeks ago. And uh, now I think we're heading over into some, uh, some announcements and some teasers. All new Marvel Now. Anyone heard of that? Look, this is the last panel of the week, and Marvel has announced a ton 
of big books this year, but I think we have saved some of the best announcements for last. Uh, so we got some big stuff coming up. If you follow the uh, comic internet news, you may have seen a teaser called The End. With Dan Slott and Giuseppe Camicoli's name attached to it. Dan, are you ready? I have a crippling illness. <laughs> All right. No one knows how to handle a crowd like Dan Slott. <laughs> All right. Well, The End is leading right into... Superior Spider-Man 27 point now. A huge jumping on point, Dan. You want to talk about this? And you have to. Everything. Everything that's been happening in Superior Spider-Man so far has all just been setting up dominoes. From this point. BAM! They're all going down. Everything leads to this. Green Goblin on this side. Doc Ock Spider-Man on that side. It's all been building to this. I think for the first time, why don't you premiere the name of this storyline? Have we said that anywhere yet? No. Can I see? Go ahead. Goblin Nation. This is a real game changer. If you've got uh, friends who are so angry at us and able to read Spider-Man for 12 months, tell them to come on here and check this issue out, because this is a big one. There are no characters, I don't care if Steve Dicko created them, if John Romita Sr. created them, I don't care who created them. All bets are off. Anything can happen, anyone can go at any second. I'll do it. That's a beautiful sentiment for kids today. Yes! Your kids will watch. I will enjoy it. Specifically, some of the lead up to this is going to be in Superior Spider-Man Team Up. So now, now, now that we've announced this, Superior Team Up number nine is going to be the lead up to this. So make sure that you check that out because they're definitely going. To, there's there's going to be a little bit of a time jump, and you're going to want to make sure that you fill in those gaps. Something's going to happen in Superior 26. And then we'll come back. I hope so. Well, later in 27. <laughs> that was the pitch. Something. Something. All right. So now you, there you heard it from Dan, the man himself. Uh, the end. Issue 26 is the prelude. 27 point now, which I don't know if that's considered a point one or it's going to be just 27 that they're putting point now after. But whatever. First of five chapters. Arc is called Goblin Nation. Green Goblin. Doc Ock. Just look at that cover, beautiful cover, uh, Giuseppe Camacoli. Dan Slott's threatening to take down people. Dan, what are, what are you thinking about this storyline? Oh, my God. I'm shaking in my boots here. No, I mean, I'm, I'm curious if he's going to kill off some Silver Age characters. I mean, you know, when was the last time that happened? Yeah, uh, well, you know, besides 700. <laughs> all right, all right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> the premise of this series is based on killing the Silver Age character. This is true. But uh, no, I mean, it's this, you know, Dan, Dan Slott's definitely kind of pulling out this, I can get, you know, I th get anyone at any time kind of mentality. I mean, as long as it fits into the story, I I can live with it. I just, you know... Dan and I were talking 
prior to coming on the recording, I was joking about with Harry Potter where after a while it felt like they were just killing characters for the sake of killing and it kind of like took the meaning and emotional weight away from it. And I just don't want to see that happen here in Spider-Man. Yeah, no, me neither. But, you know, I think if you kill off a Silver Age character, I mean, I guess the last one that died was probably Marla, if you consider her Silver Age. Yeah, she's kind of bronze, though, I think. I mean, yeah, she, yeah, she, she, she was like in the that, that Ross Andrew Len Wein era, right? I think, or whatever. I mean, yeah, whatever. she's bronze. So, when is the last time we had a Silver Age death, Gwen? I mean, Ugh. that stuck around. I mean, yeah, that stuck. Yeah, because, I mean, Harry came back. And Aunt May came back. I mean, maybe Harry is the last significant one. Yeah, the one that go more than a few years. Yeah, probably Harry and Craven. Yeah, so, you know. And Demetrius for the win. (laughs) (laughs) And Aunt May. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm having a hard time going like, okay, who would he he kill? So, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, who would be on your chopping block? Ugh. Who would be on my chopping block? Um, no, we could always revisit Aunt May. I feel like, I feel like you can't. You, you know, after what JMD did in Four Hundred, I don't know if any writer would ever try to really approach that again. Right, and after bringing her back to life with one more day, I don't think it's going to be her. My money, if I were going to kill one person off, just because it has never been done before, yeah. my money would be on Jameson. Oh wow. That would that would be hard on me. Yeah, I, it would. It would. Um cuz I, I love Jameson. I love him even though he's a bombastic idiot. I mean, I love them all. I just I'm thinking like, you know, they're not going to kill Flash cuz he's just gone through this venom thing. They're not going to kill Mary Jane. No. You know, they're not going to they maybe they kill Liz, but uh, you know, I I don't know. Um who knows? Who knows? Well, that's saying they kill anybody. But like, I guess maybe this is a whole separate topic. But you know, the idea of killing Jameson, I don't think has ever been broached. Um, no, no. And um, I wonder what the city would be like with a gaping hole the size of Jameson and his mustache and his ego and his ego. Right? It would be it would be a, a seismic uh, destruction of New York greater than any of the events. The Marvel Universe has seen up till now. Right. Well, I mean, you know, but the, but the, but I guess the true thrust of what the story is going to be beyond just who might die is the fact that this is going to be a culmination of sorts. And now I know that we've heard this a lot from Marvel and from Dan and Stephen Wacker about, oh, this is this is the game changer. This is it. This is it. But uh, Comic Book Resources actually released uh, an interview kind of simultaneously as this panel was going up where um dan talked in a little more detail about his plans and you know he he he's making this out like this is going to be the storyline that defines him which coming from the guy who you know has asm 700 on his resume sounds pretty heavy right yeah i mean he's already had some of the like biggest spider-man epics that i can think of in in years you know yeah killing peter obviously and superior but also you know spider island and End of the Earth, whether you liked it or not, um, you know he's got some pretty seismic level things going on, and um, the death of Marla. He's done a lot of things, I think, to shake up the book. So for him to like label this arc as his, you know, one arc, and be that sales, you know, him trying to drive up sales by saying that or not, like you know, um, I tend to believe him, especially with a title like The End, which wasn't really addressed much. I didn't think in you know this 
this panel, the fact that they titled it The End. What, yeah. do you, what do you think that still refers to, the end of Superior or the end of this brewing battle between, you know, Goblin and Spider-Man? I still think it might be signaling the end of the of the book. I do. He does I, say I, in the interview for CBR that this is the crescendo of Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, here's the next question, though. I mean, if Superior ends, does that mean we get Peter Parker back? Which seems to be the obvious answer is yes but i don't know i mean like there's still this very you know i mean the the running joke during the panel was uh you know slot referring to peter being dead he's dead he's dead like anytime someone got up to ask a question during the q a portion they would say just one question and not even knowing what the question is dan would just say he's dead get over it i think there was one person who asked on the scale of optimus prime to uncle ben how dead he is and and slot just ignored the question (laughs) (laughs) he goes i don't know who optimus prime is (laughs) (laughs) um so you know yeah i don't know what what the spider-man universe is if superior ends and there's no peter but you know that's not up for me to create obviously it's just up to us to to wax poetic about it but well let's um, talk about some of the other things announced uh we know we learned from the interview that this is the uh 27 is the first of a five chapter arc right um called goblin nation obviously um and uh that after the events of 26 there's going to be a month gap um and you heard what Slot said, but like, what does that mean? Like, I, I'm a little confused. Like, is it a month gap in the continuity of the book, or a month gap for the creators? Yeah, that was unclear to me. It still is unclear to me. And both in both hearing it in person and looking at it in print, it's unclear to me. Um, we haven't I, had a month gap in this book. I guess the closest we've gotten to it is the gap we're at right now, where it's three weeks between printings. Yeah. Yeah, which I believe it or not was a surprise. I was uh, at one point just kind of chatting and passing with John uh, Livesay, who does the inking on this 2099 arc. And he was kind of – he was shocked that the 19 hadn't come out yet. He was like, yeah, I don't know what's taking it so long. So I don't know if that was a, a snafu on Marvel's end because of a deadline being missed or, or whatever. But um, but in terms of this – yeah, I mean do we need to – I mean, I guess we would just have to see what happens in these issues where would a, would a month in comic book time need to pass? I, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I know obviously the most famous passage of time in recent memory we can think of is what you're you're reading in Ultimate right now, right? That jumped a year. Yeah. I mean, we've had things in the past. We had the issue where Spider-Man was trapped with the um, Fantastic Four in that like alternate dimension or, or the microverse or whatever it was. Right. And right. we came back like a you know, Jameson was the mayor and and we missed a lot of time. And I think the superior era has lasted, uh, you know, a fair amount of time. There's a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of like um, seeming time gaps in this uh, in this era. Like he's almost done a full semester of school. You know, right. and we've only how many issues, you know, so, uh, you know, a month gap doesn't seem like that huge for this book, really. Um, but I'm curious what he meant by that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you got me. Um, I also we... thought it was interesting about um, how it's a five issue arc. And going back to a thought that one of our uh, listeners had, um, uh, you know, one of one of our first uh, episodes where they were speculating that possibly it would end. At the same time as 
um, like issue 38, you know, the, the final Ditko. And then we were talking about how maybe it would end on 33 and have, you know, Peter Parker, my, my theory about Peter Parker lifting up the building, just like in issue 33 of Amazing um, and re- coming back. And, you know, if it starts off with 27, at 27 and it's five chapters long, you know, that puts us at, you know, 31 being the last of the Goblin Nation with two, two issues to 33. Do you think that there's any um, – does this move us any closer to thinking that our theories are correct or something? Um, I mean – if this is truly an end point, a crescendo, um, I would I would think I would definitely feel the theory of it ending near thirty three would make sense to me because you know you you end this story and then maybe there's a two three parter where you know Otto is in disgrace and either needs to bring Peter back or Peter fights his way back or or something. I mean, this is, again, going on the assumption that the end is also meaning Peter returns, which we still don't know. Uh, And we probably won't know until the moment it happens, because I'm sure that that will be taken under safeguard. I mean, you know, during the panel at one point, it sounded, you know, Wacker was talking about the fact that Slot's got this thing plotted out for the next year. Whatever this thing is, whether it's superior to Amazing or some other series, so you know, hold on to your seats. <laughs> well, the only reason I ask is because if you think about like classic storytelling structure, right after the crescendo comes the denouement, and right. you could have a two-issue de- denouement. Um, and those of you who are fans of Breaking Bad, we kind of got that in that series, mm. um, and uh, you know maybe it's two issues, and unless we forget. Uh, issue thirty three of Amazing Spider Man says the final chapter on the cover. What what a poetic way to end a series, maybe uh, by saying the final chapter. Who knows? Mm. One one can only speculate, and that's what we're doing here. So why right, not? right, right. But but Dan, I think we're glossing over what the real big news of this panel was, which is the return of the Scarlet Spider. <laughs> Are you laughing at yourself or the announcement? I'm at both. No, I'm I'm laughing at how I'm just trolling people. Yes, uh, one of the why don't, why don't we why don't we take it to the panel because uh, in Beyond Spider Man we we heard about some other new titles and one of them it has some relevance to the Spider Verse. The teaser was war, and what was it all about? Why it was about the return of the new warriors. Yeah! Sonny will talk about this a little bit with Chris Yost and Marcos Toe. Uh, the team was doing a uh, Robin book over at DC back when I understood those books. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Um, well, the kids are back. Uh, we, have a, we have, of course, the original cast. Where we created a few new um, characters, including uh, Sun Girl. She was in, in, in Inhuman. Um, the idea behind New Warriors is that we're collecting all types of superheroes of all backgrounds and all races and all colors 
Um, and they, they've all been deemed a threat. Um, Atlanteans, Deviants, clones, mutants um, have been deemed a threat by, a, by the High Evolutionary. And um, they must, the new warriors must come together, put aside their differences, and protect who they are, their identities, protect the people that they love. Um, and what's so great about this, Chris Yost and Marcus Taylor are obviously the, the creative team behind it, but what I love about this story is the idea of uh, putting together a team when the Avengers exist. What is the purpose of the New Warriors when you already have the, a team that has all the money and all the power and all the fame? Where do these kids fit into that world? And they're just all trying to do something good and do something right. And um, it's an adventure very much, it's a, it's a high stakes, high, high octane adventure, but at the same time it's also about these kids getting together and getting to know each other and becoming friends and working together and, and really exploring who they can become um, outside of the Avengers, outside of the Avengers world. It's sort of got a vibe, the vibe they're going for is uh, a classic Wolfman Perez, Teen Titans, and uh, the Brian Vaughn uh, Runaways. Somewhere in the middle, piecing those vibes together. So it's going to be a really, uh, a really interesting book, and it's a launch I'm extremely excited about. So uh, look for that. Uh, I think that's in March, Sherry? That's in February. March, so New Warriors, number one. Chris Yost is keeping keeping Kane alive, and it looks like he's uh, keeping uh, a Rasley ras with him, fighting the high evolutionary. Yay. Yeah. yeah, that seems to be the announcement. If you look at the image, you I mean, at least it hasn't been said, but if you look at the image released, and it should be down your uh, your iPhone there or iPad or wherever you're listening to this on, you can clearly see a Rasley's Hummingbird outfit behind Scarlet Spider there. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, this, I know you weren't a huge fan of Scarlet Spider towards the end there. Is this going to be on your poll list, Dan? Well, I mean, I, I'm actually enjoying the end of Scarlet Spider. Weirdly me too. Enough. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know how much I care about the Erasley storyline, which I imagine he's going to use this book to kind of tie up. Um, but uh, I don't know. I guess I'll check out the reviews of it. But, um, you know, if, if it's not featuring, like, Scarlet Spider prominently, I'm probably not going to be that interested in checking it out. I'm just not that huge a fan of the way Yost has handled these characters and and the announcement of the high evolutionary doesn't really do much for me in that he's one of the worst you know involved characters in in the clone the clone saga the 90s clone saga so that does not instill me with a lot of confidence especially since one of the recent issues of scarlet spider announced that we would get spider side 2.0 which Yay. also does not instill me with a lot of confidence are, are, no. are you excited about that it's spider side no and and as for new warriors um you know i'll give this the the two three issue sniff test that i usually give titles that have some connection to the spider verse so you know and sometimes just the title surprises you like i mean like right now i'm I, you know i'm too you know after the first two issues of mighty avengers I, i'm into this series i think it's pretty good um, I, I'm actually really enjoying it, um, so I'll, I'll stick with that for a little while longer. Compare that to uh, after picking up the first two issues of Morbius earlier this year, and you know me wanting to tear my eyes out after reading it, or the first two issues of the Alpha Mini, which I thought were pretty bad. You know, 
So we'll see what we'll see what New Warriors brings. Um, I, I do have the reservations you have. So maybe I'm just being too uh, careless with my money. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Looking at the art, like, you know, I think it looks fine. But, like, Scarlet Spider looks like he's drawn like a child. And, yeah. and that seems strange to me. And um, in the, you know, the actual, you know, conversation about it that CBR put up, they keep referring to the new warriors as kids. And so I'm wondering, like, well, a, a couple of them are not kids, like Speedball and Scarlet Spider, namely, you know, like, are they going to be the leaders of the team? I'm not sure, but it seems kind of strange to have all these characters together. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to prejudge it, and I'll check it out like you will, but um, I don't have – I'm not super excited about it. No, definitely not. Although this will bring us back to uh, what was it that that the, that arc from the um, '90s Sidekicks Revenge with like, wasn't there Nova and a bunch of new Warrior characters in that? Yeah, I want Darkhawk in this book. Get me some more Dark <laughs> And some, you know, it, it, we can get uh, Kane maybe calling Speedball Speedy or something or or, or Ballsy maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you joke, but as a kid, uh, you know, Rob. Round Robin was one of my favorite book. One of my oh. favorite books of Spider-Man. Oh goodness! I just review. I reviewed that a while ago for Gimmick or Good, and and that book does not hold up. Let I'm me sure, tell you. I'm sure it doesn't. But it was one of the only ones I had, and I think I just liked it for Mark Bagley's art. So I think the the main lesson is if you put Mark Bagley on a Spider-Man book, I'll like it no matter what. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right, so uh, that's it for the announcement. Is that enough? That was like six books. I got it. What people want? For four o'clock on a Sunday. All right, we're going to turn it over to you and keep Q&A. We'll go back and forth, and uh, we'll get through as many questions as we can. Uh, go ahead. Let's start over here. Uh, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on a side note, uh, one of my favorite issues so far. Don't tell the people leaving, but there's actually more announcements a little later. But I just want to get rid of the original. Oh, one of my favorite issues is when you brought back Spider Man 2099. And I just hate myself because I forgot it at home. But my question is um, aside from Spider Man 2099, are you, what other. Are you trying to maybe bring back other alternate types of Spider Man or. Or also, do you have any specific other Marvel characters that so, you would like to see work with Superior Spider-Man? Dan, don't. 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 <laughs> I think... Nice. You do what you want. She did pretty good. She just don't want stuff. Keep reading. <laughs> Dan has interest in a lot of other Spider-Man characters, including some you haven't heard of yet. The next New York Comic Convention, you'll have a lot of answers. There's stuff coming. All right, let's go over here. Maybe an extra. Hi, Terry. Nope. Uh, since this is the Spider-Man panel, I have to ask the question that everyone's He's dead. When will we see the return of Frogman after his amazing tie-in in Spider-Man Island? Wasn't that great with Chris Ghost? Wasn't that awesome? Um, I have to wait. Yes, I Yeah, he's going to die. <laughs> No, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. He's, he's on the list somewhere. He's on the list. I don't remember what number though. I'll flip a coin. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I love frog All right, next. Uh, hi, I actually have two questions. 
Are you recording yourself asking a question? I've been recording this whole thing. I don't want to stop, you know, just because. Anyway, uh, first question. This, are there... this scares me because when people record it, you're not like a you person. You're a future internet person because that's where it's going to go. Uh, it might. I don't know. Okay. No promises. Okay. Uh, so the first question is, are there any plans to uh, bring back Swarm? Oh, He's currently on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and just to clear things up, is Swarm a Nazi made out of bees? No. Or a bunch of bees? He's a bees Nazi. He's a Nazi made out of bees. So we, we, we used him in the in the Mighty Avengers book when I was writing him. I love Swarm. He's got Nick has an idea in Spirit of Foes for a bee made out of Nazis. That would be awesome. That he's been trying to like, get, get through. Yeah, I always want to do a story where he comes back and he's making like Nazi honey. <laughs> I thought that would be awesome. And uh, my, my second question is on a scale from Optimus Prime to Ben, how dead is Peter? Oh, oh Uncle Ben. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> but on that scale. On the I see I don't I don't I don't know Optimus from Transformers, so Okay. But, but they're doing, doing, doing that. Oh, uh, I'm up? Yeah. Okay, uh, four points. Uh, first, I'd like to see Spider really step it up what, and, uh, with the Avengers. Okay. Two, uh, I'm wondering... Uh, I don't know what step it up means. Uh, a what, dance, doing it's a dance movie. Thing. I think he wants a dance movie. He wants a dance movie? Right? No. Humberto, <laughs> go! Humberto's uh, no. an award-winning breakdancer. I don't know if you know that. I can see that. Otto will be encountering his dog dog his successor coward trainer. Um, you are going to see ties to Carolyn Trainer because we're going to do the the stunner story uh, coming up. But I can't speak for Carolyn herself. Okay, I heard uh, there uh, Stella gets inevitable awkward meeting that uh, Carly and Mary Jane will have with Anna Maria. We have coming up in the Venom Darkest Hours arc a moment that I've called the most cringe-worthy moment in a Spider-Man comic. Yes, yeah, this is for Dan. Um, I was kind of an idea for I got a character anyway, but me and Brian Sagan were talking and he came up with a, a drawing for a Scarlet Spider 2099. How there would be there would be a scenario where the Metal hair would meet up or meet another Spider-Man in his universe. We get my hair after issue night. Next. Uh, Good idea. You don't own it, so don't even try to sue us. Go ahead. Hello, uh, sir. Yeah, hi. Uh, I just have a question. Uh, what's up with the Osborne baby? And uh, number two would be, are we going to see more of the uh, Iron Spiders? All right. Iron Spider, did you say Osborne baby? Yeah. Oh, oh, wow, you have ESP. Some of these people. Yeah, yeah. We saw him in hiding with Harry in uh, the Danger Zone arc. We haven't seen Harry Osborne since. Oh, he knows you're here. And the Iron Spider? Um, no plans right now? No. But read Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Yes. Just saying, read it. It's really good. Thank you. And Keith Parker did. <laughs> I, don't, I like that. I've been 
doing that a lot this weekend. That's like the new thing. It used to be once Peter Parker coming back, and more people would come to me and sign and say, just keep Parker dead. This is a seven-hour question. No, I'm kidding. Um, just a quick question. Um, for a reader that reads at face value, uh, when you're dropping in hints as to what's happening in the future, how quickly do you do that, uh, or how far in advance? And also, um, what would you recommend a um, better way to read and, and to pick up on this space? Um, I don't want you to pick up on them better because I want them to surprise you when they hit you. <laughs> I don't want to go like, this is the part that we seated over here that pays off over here. No, um, I just... But I like I like planning things out further and further and further. Uh, so that way um, it's harder for them to get a new writer. So uh, how soon would you have to pitch my idea uh, in that case? Oh Dan generally once a week has an idea that has nothing to do with the issue we're working on at the moment. We'll get an email about it. What if hey, uh, what if we shoot him into space and he becomes a sun god or something like that? Let's get let's get through this. Um, but you know, just from the experience of the book right now, I've been editing this book for I don't know 170 issues or something, and there are things that Dan has set up in his very first art that um, still pay pay off from time to time. So. Um, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff in issues 20 and 21 that are setting stuff up that are going to pay off a long ways away. You know, the, there's stuff that's it's going to be out. The Spider-Man books are going to feel it for some time. Oh, as I know. There's, so there's no real time limit like that, but what we editorially need to do is know what our plan is. So there are things that we have locked down in the book right now that are coming out in about a year. We sort of know the general direction we're heading. Inevitably, as Dan writes it, he'll find you know, new curves in the story, new places to go. And that's probably true of all the writers up here. I'm sure Superior Foes took a different life of its own. Uh, as you went on with it, I'm sure uh, Captain Marvel the same the same way. Um, but you, you sort of have a general destination in mind, usually. Cool, thank you. Yep. One of the cool things about working with Dan is that he has so many ideas, so much of the time that they can then come back around like years later. That maybe it wasn't the right time to use a certain idea when you know we first threw it out there at three o'clock in the morning in an email. But then, you know, it's two years later, we come back around to that same idea, and it's the right time for it. I sent them an idea at like four in the morning a couple weeks ago, where it was a four in the morning idea, and I sent it to Ellie and Steve and Tom Brewer, and I was like, is this good or stupid? Because at four in the morning, I can't tell. And I was like, really into it. And, and Steve's answer was, that's a great idea, Dad. Where's the script for the current issue? That's a great idea. And Brie Wurtz responds, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Hello, Hit Boy. Hey, how's it going? I'm a boy in Hit. Yeah. Uh, all right, I gotta say, um, Please have Captain Award Dead. We saw at the end of uh, the Danger Zone arc that his body, which was in a coma, has gone missing under armed guard. That must have just happened by accident. You have no plan for that, right? 
We have yet to see who is under the mask of who is the current Green Goblin. We have not lifted up that mask yet. It is. Oh, because he's the Goblin King. That's funny. My name is Dalton Wood, the spirit of Spider-Man use Dr. Ox tentacles. Well, he's already started, he has like the Iron Spider spider arms. I think if you use Doc Ock's tentacles, people would, he would kind of blow his cover. People would kind of figure it out. Like for a while, I wanted to give Peter a bowl cut like Otto, and Steve was like, what are you thinking? What would you know? Yeah. Great. Thank you, Dalton. My question is, Superior Carnage. I love it. I enjoy it. But are you going to keep him as a mainstream villain? What, 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 what do you mean to make sure? He's a villain. He eats yes, things well, and kills people. Yes, I mean. the thing is, is that you use him for brief and then he's gone. He, uh, you mean, I think he needs a, a big story about Carnage one of the other books. Yeah, right yeah. now, Carnage is holding his own books very well. The current series with Kevin Shinnick and Steven, Steven Segovia. So we're right in that line of finding a way to make him... Uh, he's still a good villain, but he's got to be the star of the story. Um, and there is something coming up after the current superior carnage that may scratch your itch a little bit. Thank you. You're welcome, Flash. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey guys, uh, this is a serious question, so no uh, smart aleck answers. All right. Okay. Serious question. He's serious dead. Question. Very serious question. Okay. Um, to the Spider-Man people, I just want to know. Uh, if Amazing Spider-Man, if kind of the motto of that book, you know, has great power comes great responsibility, what would you say is the motto or the banner or whatever for Superior Spider-Man now that it's now that it's really created it, its own identity? It's great power comes great responsibility, but he interprets it in a completely different way. In Doc Ock's mind, One minute. you can that's synonymous with might makes right. Uh, power and responsibility. He I thinks Mike makes right. If, if someone listening to Uncle Ben's speech can hear him that wrong. You know, it's not what, what's his new take. With great power comes the first one. No, it's not that. It's there any to bring it back here? It's it's back behind, like, those, those so it's still with great power comes great responsibility. Cool, thank you. I don't, I don't have a smart alecky answer. Well, yes, sir. We, speaking of, forgotten kind of emails and me being the only one who publicly likes a certain comic mentioned okay. here, is right. Alpha gonna come back? Can fall Superior on. Alpha. <laughs> alpha big time too. Uh, alpha, alpha is appearing. Humberto Ramos up in here. <laughs> I love Alpha. I love Alpha too. The Alpha is appearing, um, I forget Young what, Avengers. Young Avengers, yes. There's an appearance from, from Alpha. No, no plans beyond that right now, but thank you for the love. That was a really fun book. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. First, I want to congratulate Dan on the reference in our Big Bang Theory for Superior Spider-Man. Was that awesome? <laughs> and my second question is, I don't care if Parker stays dead, but can we bring back Ben Riley? No. Towards the end of the panel, we also got some interesting questions from fans um, with some interesting responses to boot. One of them, someone asked, you know, the question, what's going on with Norman Osborn? Last we saw him, he was not in a hospital bed. And Dan Slott was like, you're right. Where could Norman Osborn be? <laughs> I mean, you know, so that was the first teaser. Then someone asked about Harry Osborn and 
All right, and you know, again, the, the, they're they're not the Marvel people are not looking to leak anything, but you know, read between the lines, and you know, Slot was basically saying Harry's going to be playing a role very soon. The 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 other uh, question that got brought up that someone talked about with twenty ninety nine being successful, are we going to see some alternative versions of Spider Man? And you know, to me that that question kind of seemed a little vague and like, well, what do they mean? Like, you know, we can see Miles or or, or, or or, but again, it was it was met with an equally cagey answer of pay attention in six months was actually the the timeline given. So, uh, any thoughts on these, Dan? Well, I mean, I cannot even begin to unpackage the mystery behind who the Goblin is. I feel like we're gonna find out and be like, oh, okay. But, like, until then, your guess is as good as mine, as any, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows. You know, we are throwing out some weird theories about what it could be. But the alternate versions of Spider-Man are interesting. I mean, maybe, like, all of the Spider-Mans from the different universes team up to bring down Ock. I don't know. Um, I'm already nervous enough about Miles Morales coming over to the 616 universe. I don't need anybody else uh, making me more nervous about that. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, in terms of the Goblin stuff and, and Norman and Harry, um, I'm just going to be really crappy and just say I, I'm going to guess that they're both going to play a role in this Goblin arc that's coming up. But whether either one of them is actually the Goblin, still, I, 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 I feel like if that was the case, why are we still being so secretive about it? You know what I mean? Like, like if 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 after all this, the goblin is Norman, then what's the big deal? Maybe they're trying to manufacture a surprise. Yeah, I, I guess. But like uh, to me, like this, I mean, the, the assumption is if it's the green goblin, it's Norman. If this, when it's, when there's a surprise, it's when it's not Norman, you know? <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. So I don't know. I'm almost like done speculating about this. Because right. I feel like my guess is no better than anyone else's. Like, no, a, yeah. it, it could literally be anybody. Like, he could go, you know, the mask could get pulled off and it could be, I don't even know, the rocket racer under there. And I would be like, well, that's <laughs> genuinely shocking. You know, like, it's, <laughs> it's Big Wheel. <laughs> yeah, that's where he's been all this time. Wait, no, didn't Big go. Wheel die? I, I don't remember. Well, yeah, but, you know. Who ever stays dead besides Uncle Ben? Right. Um, so why don't we get out of the spider panel for a bit and, and talk about some of the comments that the uh, podcast has been receiving, Dan? Yeah, of course. Uh, you can email us any comments or questions you have regarding this podcast to superiorspidertalk at gmail.com, and we'll read and answer them on our show. And don't forget to go to our iTunes page and leave us a review. The only way we grow as a community is through your reviews. So let's get to the comments that you left us this time. So who do we have first here, Mark? Uh, we have a comment from uh, Baus302, and it's uh, rated awesome, 5 out of 5, which we appreciate. And he or, he or she writes, this podcast is amazing. Finally, other Spider-Man fans, as much as I am, that doesn't seem to mind Doc Ock as Spider-Man. This podcast should have more subs. Well, I agree with that, right, Dan? Yeah, yeah. It would always be good to have more subscriptions or subs. I, I mean, I could take a sub sandwich, too. Uh, I would love a sub with some salami and ham and lettuce and tomato. Yeah, if anybody wants to send us lunch, I think we'd be very appreciative. 
I, let me tell you, I could have used some lunch at Comic-Con when I was sitting there on the floor watching Superman eat his pretzel. <laughs> uh, what about our other comment, Dan? Yeah, we have a comment from, and I'm probably going to butcher this, uh, Moreru Shihoen. That's Good job. That's about as best as I can do. And it's uh, entitled, For True Spider-Man Fans, 5 out of 5. And he says, or he or she says, best podcast. I love it. Hands down, any Webhead fan has to listen. And so, of course, we thank you very much uh, for that uh, comment. It means a lot to us. So thanks for listening and for helping us spread the word about the show. Excellent. Well, uh, before we we get into our goodbyes, Dan, let's go back to the floor of Comic-Con again. And, um, you know, as kind of a special announcement, I was able to grab some audio from the, the Saturday Marvel Now in Humanity session. Uh, to hear what our friend Dan Slott's going to be working on that is not related to Spider-Man. And, you know, it, it, this seems like a project that people may not want to miss if you're a fan of Slott or a fan of Silver Age Marvel. Uh, take it away, Dan Slott. Do we know what this could be? Okay, there's how about a, now? There's a typo. How about yep. now? Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Got a guy on a board. <laughs> no, this is this is exciting. Uh, when I was growing up, the first superhero comic I ever read was the Galactus trilogy. My cousin lent it to me. So Surfer is like the first Marvel hero I ever met. So I've been like, when I was in college, I did my own um, superhero strip for the school paper, and it was a shameless ripoff of the Silver Surfer. <laughs> so I've been like dying to do this. Um, and the way it all happened was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this little book called Spider-Man. And it it comes out twice a month, and that's usually about my limit. So when we have these big meetings at the Marvel Summits where we talk about what books we're going to develop, they threw out Surfer, and I just sat there, and I was like, ah, man, I can't pitch for this. I'm I'm doing too much. And I just had to sit there when everyone else was making their Surfer pitches and just be like, you know, it'll come around again. You'll get a chance. And, And nothing really stuck. And I was talking with uh, Tom after the uh, retreat, and we started talking about like how we thought the retreat went. And I was like, "What about those surfer pitches?" And he's like, "Yeah, none of those were working." And he said, "Like, what would you do?" And I went, "Well, I'd do this." And I, I talked to him for a little bit, and he went, "You know, I pulled another writer aside during the break, and I said you should pitch surfer exactly like that." And I'm like, "Really?" And he said, "What do you want to? What would you do next?" And he went, "This." And I, "What if you did that? And what if you did this?" And we just killed like a couple hours on the phone talking about a book we weren't working on, <laughs> just, just being like fans. And there's a long pause. I'm like, Tom? He's like, write it up. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I I have Spider-Man. He's like, we'll make it work. Write it up. I want to edit that book. And and then we started developing more and more, and and the guys at Marvel passed it, and it was time to talk about, like, who's going to draw it? And we're throwing names back and forth, and and he goes, like, I know who should draw this. I'm like, who? He goes, Mike Allred. And the minute he said that, I was like, that's perfect. Because this book is going to be like the most Kirby-ish of characters <laughs> doing the most insane stuff in weird, cosmic, quirky places. And there's a girl involved. And the minute Tom said that, I was like, oh, my God, she'd be like a Mike Allred girl. I love her already. Because <laughs> you, you can picture it. And it all fit. It was this magic alchemy of, like, it's got to be Allred. And he's like, well, we can't do it. He's drawing FF. And I was like, why did you say that? What? And I'd be writing. 
doing it, and I'd be like, all the images in my head, I was writing, I wasn't writing Surfer anymore, I was writing Mike Allred Surfer. And I'd just be like, he's not gonna do it. <laughs> and then he calls me up one day, he's like, we got him. I'm like, got who? He's like, Allred. I'm like, oh my God! <laughs> and when, when we gave uh, Mike the first plot, he read it, and he was like, did you write this for me? I'm like, yes! <laughs> Um, the, I think it's a, a bit of trivia, right? That we might be wrong on this, but Mike Allred might be the only artist who's ever worked on Surfer who is a surfer. Actually, He's an actual surfer, so you will, it's going to look cool. Um, it's it's going to be a neat book. It's, I'm, the, I'm Marvel's first surfing editor in chief. And, and, and our last. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun book. Whenever you think of the Silver Surfer, you think of the lone sentinel of the skyways. He's always very lonely, all on that board, by himself. And this is a book about a girl on board. There's a new character. He's going to meet a kindred spirit who's an earth girl. Um, and you're going to find out that the universe is more fun when you see it with someone. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna buy it. Uh, all right, that's. I had no idea we were doing that, but. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> do, you, do you know we're doing this book called Avengers, John? <laughs> I'm not sure you know about that. It's the only book I read. <laughs> so there you heard it Dan Slott, Mike Allred, Silver Surfer. It's going to be Kirby esque. Um, you know, Dan, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, in our last podcast when Christos Gage kind of left the cat out of the bag about slot working on a new title. What could it be? Um, you know, I'd mentioned Surfer. You had talked about in regards to Fantastic Four, how slot would be good on that title because he's kind of got that quirky Silver Age mindset. Well, it looks like we were both right. Yeah, I think this is probably going to be a book that plays like right to what Dan Slot does best. Um, I, I, I'm interested in reading this. I, I, I mean, I, I, I've liked a lot of the Surfer Cosmic stuff in regards to like Thanos and things like that. But I, I mean, I, I can't say that I've read that many ongoings. But I, I again, this would definitely get a couple issues out of me. Yeah, I, I would definitely check it out. I mean, I like Dan Slott's writing, you know, for the most part, and um, you know, knowing his style, I, again, I think this plays right up his sleeve. So. Uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, I don't know much about Silver Surfer, but uh, I'm intrigued. Excellent. Well, Dan, why don't why don't we take the podcast home? Well, remember everybody, you can find all of our Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.podomatic.com, or find us on iTunes by searching for Superior Spider Talk. And if you do, please leave a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing, and we'll read it on the air. If you have any opinions on these comics that we talked about today or any questions, please email them to us at superiorspidertalk at gmail.com and we'll address and read them on the air. And also be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash superiorspidertalk because it's actually a great place to keep up with us in between shows as we often put up articles that we've written and other breaking news about the Spider-Man universe and also how to get in touch with Dan and I. Yeah, and I just gave away two free comic book codes on there. So if you follow us on Facebook, you know, you're going to be getting some free comic books out of this. It's like free comic book day every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, Dan, where can we find more of your goodness? Well, you can always find me on Twitter at, at Dan Gavazdin, 
And you can read all my movie reviews and recommendations on my movie review site, grindmyreels.com. And pretty soon I'll have a big announcement about where else you can find my work on the Internet. So keep your ears and eyes peeled for that. Ooh, sounds very Marvel, Marvel-esque in your teaser there, Dan. Um, as, as for me, as always, you can find me multiple times during the week at www.chasingamazingblog.com. Be sure to check out my, my four days of recaps at New York Comic Con, uh, as long as a, a few other posts that will probably be coming out of my coverage of the event and, of course, other additional podcasts that will be coming from that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Chasing ASM Blog. Follow me on Facebook at slash Chasing Amazing. And um, you can find my writing in other places, such as uh, my gimmick or good column at Comics Should Be Good. And as of right now, I, I believe I'll be part of Seacorp.org's uh, Thor Week coverage. I'll be doing a little something about some Silver Age Thor, which should be a, a fun little write. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a little something different. Um, so check that all out as always. Uh, before we go, Mark, uh, you know, I, I heard that we got uh, you know a few words from a good friend of ours recently. Yes, it, it's true. Um, our good friend Uncle Ben, who as always reminds us, with great podcasts must also come Superior Spider Talk. <laughs>